Hello, this is Pastor Ryan Brown, and you are listening to the Aroma of Christ, sermons from the pulpit of the Fostoria Baptist Church. Let's get started. The Lord has a sense of humor. I am here on Sunday morning recording before the Facebook live stream of our short service today. Um, I was on vacation last week and there was then the pause in this podcast because of the fact that our speaker was unable to record himself due to security purposes. He is a worker in a sensitive area amongst sensitive people. And so now here I am expecting to be back in the pulpit this week and I am unable to directly be that. We'll be speaking to an empty room. So I let you who probably aren't following along but even if you are members of a church and have been listening to this on occasion, I wanted to let you know why the speakers last week wasn't present and how it was his choice, not mine. Our call to worship and scripture reading are going to be combined this morning, and it's going to be Matthew 11, 28 through 30, because we're going to follow along some of the same themes that we have been tracing in our short devotional sermon. So there Jesus tells us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Well, you can... Go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to be looking at the last few verses of Isaiah 40 for this short time uh, devotional at this time. Isaiah 40, as has been mentioned here a couple times, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And it particularly is one of my favorites because the whole thing, after starting off by saying there's going to be someone who's going to prepare the way for someone, the Messiah, to come, starts talking about how great God is and how we can then trust his words because of how how majestic he is and how much he has done, that there is none like him. You've heard uh, the song, Behold Our Song, and hopefully you were singing along, uh, that also then communicates the idea from both Isaiah 6 and Isaiah 40 about how wonderful he is and there is none like him. That passage then ends like this, Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint. 
Father, we do ask that you would help us to continue at this time to look at your word and be encouraged by it. Be encouraged by who you are and that you have revealed yourself to us. I ask that what is said here and what we think as we hear it would be honoring to you and that it would help us to believe your word, to be comforted by your word, and to be strengthened by your word in all things. And so, Lord, I I ask these things in the name of your Son, by whom all of this is possible. Amen. In his book, The Supremacy of God in Preaching, John Piper tells a story. He tells it at the very beginning of the book, about how there was a time in January of a particular year that he preached a sermon from Isaiah 6 on the holiness of God. Now, although I think he probably exaggerated a bit, he says that he went away with the typical applications of the passage, but instead focused in um, on just talking about how great God was. Now, what ultimately happened as he did this, he found out not that long afterward that at that time there was a member, a family in his congregation who was experiencing a significant trauma and tragedy. They were finding out that their young child was being abused by a close relative. And as he finds this out, he kind of thinks about what people who are schools and students and scholars of preaching would tell him. He says, I wonder how many advisors to us pastors today would have said, Pastor Piper, can't you see your people are hurting? Can't you come down out of the heavens and get practical? Don't you realize what kind of people sit in front of you on Sunday? Some weeks later, I learned the story. The husband took me aside one Sunday after a service John, these have been the hardest months of our lives. Do you know what has gotten me through? The vision of the greatness of God's holiness that you gave me the first week of January. It has been the rock that we could stand on. I think in many ways, when we're looking at these last verses of Isaiah 40, we rightly focus on and rightly enjoy the reality of the encouragement of Isaiah 40, 31. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But what our our primary hope and the primary thing that I hope we are persuaded by today is that the true encouragement of verse 31 is in the description of God really throughout all of Isaiah 40, but even in Isaiah 40, 28 and 29. That the, the real hope of this passage is not that they who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, but that it is the Lord we wait for. 
It's not the waiting that is the eager expectation, the hope, the faith that is itself the encouragement, but the object to which we hope. So let's look. Let's start in verse 31. Now let's think about how there are some voids that need to be filled from the rest of the context to get at the idea that the true encouragement in times of distress, like for instance when there are six cases of COVID within the church, or when you're facing a health diagnosis that you don't understand, or you're getting worn out by work after work after work needing to be done. Now there is more encouragement within the overarching ideas of Isaiah 40 that fill out and allow Isaiah 40, 31 to really stand and shine. Verse 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The idea of waiting isn't simply being in a place, a waiting place, looking and expecting that one thing will happen. The idea of waiting has this idea of hope. That there is a trust in the Lord, a trust in the promises of the Lord that were at the beginning of Isaiah 40, of this time of the new exodus where people come, where the Messiah comes and works these things out, and God fulfills his promises. It's a waiting with trust. And those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That kind of poses a question. Why is it so significant that they renew their strength? Obviously, we're not going to literally sprout wings. Why are we worried about this metaphorical soaring like eagles? not becoming tired when we're running or faint when we're simply walking. And the actual reason why that is such a significant thing is in verse 30. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Even my son goes to sleep at night. I know you want to siphon out his energy, but at the end of the day, he still grows weary and exhausted. I still had a vacation in order to rest, because even though I am young, I still faint and grow weary. As we were looking at at the beginning of our sermon two weeks ago, we have the expression, there is no rest for the weary, because it is generally the case that there is weary, faint-heartedness. Weariness is the norm, and rest the exception. And that's true even for the most able-bodied. Even the youth shall be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. 
but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now this doesn't give us an excuse to not take care of our bodies. This doesn't directly say that we should then just keep going and going and ignore the fact that as limited, finite creatures, we need rest. Because we aren't God. We are the ones who faint and grow weary. But it, it does mean that we have a renewed strength to endure as we wait for the promises of God to come to fruition. Isaiah 41.1 will pick up this language to say, Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. The peoples who are renewing their strength, all nations who are coming and waiting, they are drawing near for judgment for justice. And the coastlands and the judgment language is even further picked up by the final, ultimate end of human history. Isaiah chapter 42, just right after it. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his street, his voice, or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his law. The suffering servant will also not grow faint or be discouraged. And he will bring justice, just like Isaiah 41.1 talks about, to the coastlands who are waiting and thus renewing their strength. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. This isn't about God getting on board with our agenda, but us getting on board with His and being faithful to endure, waiting for the final consummation of all of His promises when it comes. The beauty and glory that comes from the fact that God is good and has not spared His Son has felt the nails in his hands has taken our sin and our guilt. In order to properly understand why there is a renewal of strength to endure for those who wait for the Lord, we have to understand who the Lord is, both in terms that he has the strength itself to give to us and why it matters so much. Because he is holy. In 
And as Isaiah declares in Isaiah 6, when confronted with the holiness of God, woes me, for I am unclean, and I dwell in a generation of people of unclean lips. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. We wait for the Lord because he has borne our punishment. He has borne the sins of many, and by his knowledge shall the righteous servant justify many. And we can have confidence in what he says, have confidence that the reward is coming, and have confidence that he will give us the strength to endure and persevere and wait for those promises with eager expectation because he is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. It's not a single place where he can say, this is not what I created, or where he cannot claim ownership of it. There is not a single time in which he does not exist, or has not existed, or will not exist. He's the everlasting God from beginning to end, although there is no true beginning and end with him. He is the creator of the ends of the earth, owns a cattle on a thousand hills and those hills. And in light of that, he does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. In creation, he rested on the seventh day. He didn't rest because he needed to. He rested in order to give a pattern to us, a pattern of wisdom that we can't keep working all the time and expect to be God and not grow faint or weary. He rested to create a pattern of setting one day aside for him, as has been the case But he did not need to because he does not faint or grow weary. He does not sleep. He has no need to. But we do. And his understanding is unsearchable, such that we can't say that our way is hidden from him or that our right is disregarded, as Israel is saying in verse 27. He understands and knows everything that we have done, both the good and the bad, and he does not faint or give weary. But instead, he who holds the nations in his hands, who has numbered every grain of sand, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. No wonder they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
because he has the strength to give and the willingness to give it. And so he does. Because he is the one who in Isaiah 40, 10 to 11, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And yet despite all of that might, verse 11 then tells us he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. He is mighty and comes with might, and yet he is gentle, ready to lead a flock like a shepherd, to carry them in his bosom, to not uh, not break a bruised reed. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span? Enclosed the dust of the earth in measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands uh, like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. Behold, our God, mighty yet gentle. That is the one for whom we wait. And that is why in the midst of distressful situations, we can most clearly say, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Father, we come before you rejoicing in who you are, grateful for the encouragement that is you. Not just the realities of the things we say about renewing our strength by waiting for you, but that it is you we wait for who is everything. To whom the good and majestic things we see in this world are accounted to you as nothing and less than nothing. You and you alone are our hope in troubled times. So please help us to wait for you. Please help those who are in the hearing of my voice either now or later on to rejoice in these words and to have hope and salvation, and good to come. I thank you, Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Aroma for Christ, sermons from the pulpit of the Pastoria Baptist Church. Do you remember 2 Corinthians 2, 15-16? For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things?